Welcome to The Endpoints, a podcast from ALS Therapy Development Institute. My name is Gabrielle Bellitti. I am the Outreach and Community Engagement Specialist at ALS TDI. And today I'm joined by Colin Hadley, who has been living with ALS since 2014. And today he is going to discuss his journey with ALS and specifically focus on assisted breathing machines. So thank you much for joining me, Colin. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So why don't you walk me through receiving your diagnosis and the path that you've taken thus far for navigating your disease progression? Uh, sure. So as you mentioned, I was diagnosed in October 2014. I'm sure everyone with ALS has a personal path unique to them. The path that I chose for myself personally was to be active and make as many memories as possible with my wife and two kids. Yeah. What I realized fairly quickly to do this the best I possibly could is that I would need to take advantage of anything made available to me that could potentially impact the progression of my disease or make it easier for me to be active with my family. Therefore, I have leverage all available to tools I can access, including my non-invasive ventilator or also called breathing machine. Mm -hmm. And so some people determine right away that they do not want to opt for using a breathing machine kind of after diagnosis or after just kind of going through the whole process of what will happen. Did you always know that eventually you would use a breathing machine and how did you determine that it was the best route for you? Well, that's a good question, Gabby. I was, I was never against the thought of using a breathing machine. My mindset, as I mentioned, was that I would use anything that would help me once it was time for me to take advantage of it. Yeah. However, I was initially a little reluctant to start using it as I felt like I was still breathing well, despite my pulmonary breathing score starting to decrease. Mm -hmm. It came to a point though where I absolutely needed to use it when sleeping in bed at night. Mm -hmm. I had gotten to a point where I was gasping for air and really needed to use the breathing machine for support. And for me, it made all the difference and I'd be start getting a good night's sleep once again. Mm -hmm. And Shortly thereafter, about three years after my initial diagnosis, my pulmonary breathing scores had really plummeted from roughly 80% down to 48% in just a four-month period. And that's when I made the determination to start using my breathing machine throughout the day. Yeah. I've been using it every day, 24 hours a day the last couple of years, and it's essentially been a life-saving device for me. I would not be able to breathe without it. I have a, a mask that I wear at night and a zipper that I use during the day, which I'm on right now. Mm -hmm. This zipper allows me to take pause in between sentences while I speak. Right. It hooks on the back of my power wheelchair. That way I can drive around and have it with me wherever I go. Oh, cool. I have to credit the daily use of my breathing machine for the past couple of years in combination with use of my cough assist, cough assist machine 
supported the stabilization of my pulmonary breathing scores, which has stayed the same over the last 14 months. Okay. And you said that you started out initially using it at night when you slept, and then... <laughs> That's exactly right. And when I was laying down, I couldn't breathe very well. Oh, wow. So I would use it at night, but didn't really need it during the day. I ever got to a point. Yeah. Or I use it 24-7. And what were your options in terms of deciding what machine was best for you? How did you go about figuring that out? Well, upstairs were reports that it didn't at the the ALS clinic I attend in Houston has a wonderful respiratory therapy company. Mm -hmm. And they have respiratory therapists right there on site every time I attend the clinic. So they were absolutely influential in combination with my pulmonologist in determining which breathing machine would be best for me. So the breathing machine that they provided and recommended, I've been using for years now, is called the Trilogy. And it was essentially because of that multi-disciplinary team that I knew to get the one that I received. Got it. And so... You basically had a good support system, it seems like, from the very beginning in terms of like, the information that you needed in regards to breathing machines. What would you say to somebody who maybe doesn't have, you know, those resources or that support? Would you say, like, maybe call your insurance company and kind of do that due diligence and kind of find out what's covered? Or how would you go about it if you didn't have such a good team behind you? Kind of giving you that. Uh, great question because I, I realize not everybody's as fortunate mm. as I have been to have an ALS clinic that I can travel to with respiratory therapists. What I would recommend for those that don't have that privilege is making sure that not only are you seeing a neurologist on a regular basis for the ALS, mm. but be certain to be seeing a pulmonologist. Ideally, a pulmonologist that sees ALS patients or is familiar with ALS, they're the ones that are going to take the breathing scores like I've done and write up what is needed to the insurance company. Okay. So they'll be very instrumental in that. Now, different insurance companies, to your point, may approve different machines. Mm. However, the pulmonologist is going to be the, the main person who's going to advocate for, for the person who needs it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, that's the insurance company you're going to look to. Mm -hmm. That's what happened to me. The pulmonologist had the breathing scores, and through the assistance of the respiratory therapist, helped me identify the machine and work through the insurance. So anybody with ALS. I was looking to get a breathing machine. I think he's going to want to have a pulmonologist as a point person. Right. A point person on that. Right. And for you, how long did the process take from your pulmonologist kind of saying, okay, you probably need this machine at night to you actually having a machine? How long was that process for you? It was very, very quick. Quicker than I expected, quite honestly. That's good. For me, by the time the uh, pulmonologist ordered it, and the insurance covered it. It was one, a little over one week by the time I had my machine. Oh, wow. That is really quick. That's awesome. It was fast. Yeah. And was insurance a factor for you in that decision? Like, did you have to deal with anything insurance-wise? Or were there any hurdles that you had to overcome to get the machine? And if so, what were they? Yeah, good question. 
why I can't speak for everybody else in their insurance because I just don't know. But thankfully, my insurance covered it with no hesitation. Based on how low my breathing scores have gotten, there was no question that hmm. I was a candidate, and the insurance covered it immediately. Do you have any advice for anyone who's newly diagnosed who maybe is on the fence about trying a breathing machine or just advice in general about ALS in general? Um, sure. You know, having been living with this for almost five years now, some advice was given to my wife and me that's really have been very helpful throughout my diagnosis is to, uh, as best as possible to stay ahead, stay ahead of everything that will unfortunately come with the disease. Each patient's disease is going to progress differently. Right. However, we've been fortunate through the partnership of our clinic to stay ahead and get the tools I've needed in a timely manner. Therefore, with respect to the breathing machine, just as I said before, I would suggest with partnering with an ALS clinic, if possible, or a pulmonologist as quickly as possible. That was, uh, staying ahead of that was very vital for me getting it quickly and the pulmonologist made the process seamless. Mm -hmm. And can you tell me a little bit more about your breathing machine? You said it was called the Trilogy, is that right? <laughs> yes, these were called non-invasive ventilation machines which I commonly just easily call a breathing machine. Mm -hmm. It is forced air that goes into my lungs. And because patients with ALS, the diaphragm as a muscle starts to work less and less over time, this machine pushes air so that I could speak. Mm -hmm. And it's allowed me to as I said, the same for the last 14 months. When my voice has stayed as strong as at least as it is today. Right. And, and that in combination with another machine I have called a cough assist cough assist machine helps continue to uh, keep your lungs strengthened as long as possible. And you said that so anybody who is taking the same approach that I have taken and that is to be as active as possible for as long as possible. Right. I would highly recommend the uh, getting a breathing machine and a composition machine to assist with that. Right. And you said that it attaches to your chair. Is it so you can kind of bring it anywhere? So it's one machine that you can, you know, bring to bed with you and you can attach to your chair and kind of be mobile with it? That's exactly right, Gabby. It is very portable. I could put it right on the back of my chair. At night, it comes with a stand that hooks on the stand next to my bed. So it's enabled me to be very mobile despite not being able to get out of a wheelchair or a power wheelchair in my case. Right. It goes with me in my vehicle and goes wherever uh, I'm driven with my family. So it's very portable and very uh, useful that way. Oh, good, good. So how did you uh, become connected with ALS TDI? What's been your experience thus far? Well, I have to credit my wife with that one. <laughs> my wife, family, after my diagnosis was 
thoroughly researching ALS and quickly came across the ALS PDI. So I'd say it was about a few months after my initial diagnosis, we made a visit out to Cambridge to visit uh, TDI in person. And I, I loved it. It was wonderful to meet so many individuals. They're the TDI who have dedicated their professional lives to finding a cure for ALS. It's really phenomenal. And I've been in the precision medicine program since 2015. Oh, great. I will gladly plug you all and say that you all, you all have always felt like a partner in my fight against the disease, so it's been a wonderful relationship. Right. And you touched on something earlier about kind of it, it being the last time to do something. And, and so with ALS kind of slowly, obviously taking your abilities away, it seems like this breathing machine has helped you continue on to kind of do the things that you want to do. I read that you um, kind of live by a mantra, you and your family, don't count the days, make the days count. Yes. Yeah. Can you talk to me a little bit more about how you're making the days count? Well, we're doing a lot. Uh, my wife, my son, my daughter, we've all said it's easy to have a motto, don't count the days, make the days count. But we have to live it, I believe we have. In, uh, in the last five years, really the last four and a half years, we've taken over 25 trips uh, around the country. And just recently took an Alaskan cruise this summer as a family, which is phenomenal. And so I think we've been uh, living by that. But I'll come back to the tools once again. It would not have been possible to do that. It has not been possible without the ability to take a breathing machine with me onto an airplane, onto a ship for a cruise everywhere that I've gone, I need that because it's a, it's a life-saving device for me. Right. So, yes, we've uh, lived by that and I've made many wonderful memories that uh, will last a lifetime, but uh, certainly it didn't come without the assistance of a lot of folks, for sure. Right. And with the breathing machine, just getting back to that for a second, is there any kind of alert that goes off or any kind of like warning if, if something isn't working right with the machine or if it's malfunctioning in any way? Does it have any kind of like a backup? Um, oh yeah, no, no, great, great question. You know, I try to stay plugged in with it uh, as often as possible, but when I am traveling around, we do have backup batteries. Oh, good. Okay. And those backup batteries will last about three to four hours each one. Okay. So an alert does go off when you are uh, getting low on your battery, a loud, annoying beep that won't uh, stop until you switch the battery and reset it. So it does come with alerts. Oh, good. There's also an alert that if there's a leak in your mask, that you need to uh, tighten the mask. It'll let you know that it's leaking. So a very well-made machine that... Uh, comes with a lot of notifications if something's not right. Mm -hmm. Was there ever a time where you kind of uncomfortable, like when you first started using the machine, was it something that you had to kind of get used to or is it like it just helped you sleep right away so you were just like, okay, like this is what I'm going to be doing now? Well, it's uh, 
some folks have a CPAP machine, and mm-hmm. it's essentially that's what it is, a mask. Right. Which is a little odd to wear something on your face for the first time. Right. But it was uh, it was a game changer for me because I started getting some of the best sleep I've had in years. Right. Going back even before my LS diagnosis, that uh, it uh, was a wonderful tool. It was easy to get used to with uh, the great sleep I was getting. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it it made such a big difference in in everything kind of like being able to sleep well obviously being able to function throughout the day and then you know being able to travel with your family and kind of take advantage of the time that you have it seems like all of that wouldn't have been possible had you not had a portable breathing machine to be able to do those things absolutely and i think one of the best things for me personally is it's enabled me to still communicate Mm -hmm. i've been able to uh keep my voice as strong as possible right. through the consistent use of this machine and my cop assist machine. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's definitely been very beneficial from that. Yeah. And it, was that like a, a fear that you had not being able to verbally communicate when you first got diagnosed? Absolutely. I mean, when I was diagnosed, I was diagnosed more with limb onset than I know some other folks are unfortunate to have bulbar onset, which usually takes your voice more quickly. But that was something that I said I wanted to uh, focus on as much as possible for as long as possible to be able to keep my voice. And the fact that my breathing scores have been changed over the last 14 months to me has been a blessing with the use of this uh, breathing machine sir absolutely yeah so i have a one final question is there anything else that you would like to share regarding your als journey so in general anything you would like my personal journey yeah Uh, um well personally i've i've learned that uh my journey, geez, it's obvious it takes a village to fight this disease. There are uh, there's so many people that want to do so much for you, but you have to be willing to stand up and accept all the, accept all the wonderful offers. So I, I should have been blessed. I've had a strong support group fighting with me all the way. This includes you and others at the PDI, my ALS clinic at Houston Methodist, ALS Associates of Texas, my church, friends, family. I know what I face with this disease, but uh, I've been able to face this, I believe, actively, actively and gracefully for such a strong community. So I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like you have a really solid foundation. It sounds like people kind of need a big support system when they're going through this. So be it medical. I think so. I think one of the biggest things is not being afraid to ask because there are so many people who want to help. And do you think that's like big to advocate for yourself in terms of, you know, like getting the things that you need? So let's say if somebody's recently diagnosed and maybe they don't know how to go about even getting a breathing machine. You just think like talking and making connections, building a network and that's important. Uh, yes, I will say 
anybody is newly diagnosed, what uh, my wife and I experienced is not only from physicians and clinicians that those individuals will engage with, but there are so many ALS patients and caregivers that have so much great advice to give. There were people that were very welcoming to us. They were diagnosed with ALS. When I was first diagnosed, they gave us wonderful information. And my wife and I have been through a lot, specifically my wife has learned a lot. I would say reach out. Reach out to others. Reach out to us. We're happy to help. Yeah. No, I think that's important. Um, asking for help and advocating for yourself, I think, are two very important things that you brought up. So thank you so much, Colin. Um, if there's nothing else to add. I appreciate you being here with me today. And thank you. For it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. If you'd like to learn more, you can visit us at endpoints at ALS.net or check us out on iTunes and Spotify. Awesome. Thank you.